Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glickson with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And uh, Matt, the unapology apology is back in Major League Baseball. Not <laughs> not since Andy Pettit apologized and Jason Giambi apologized for being distractions. Has a uh, baseball apology been this nondescript? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. It's, uh, the, the Houston, it's, a, it's a baseball tradition, I guess. There, you know, once every decade or so, we got to have something like this. Look, the Houston Astros didn't do anything wrong at FanFest. That's what they were saying at FanFest. Then they show up on the first day, and whoever their emergency PR team is told them, uh, "You're going to need to apologize because this is going to be a problem all season." And all of spring training, everywhere, the story has been about that. They're being sued right. now by a borderline major leaguer yeah. who says his career was altered. And I'm not sure. I don't know much about that case. I'm not sure it's going anywhere. But yeah, but yeah. I'll tell you what Color you can't do on that. But yeah, what you cannot do is say, "Well, I don't think it helped, but I also don't know why then we would do it if it didn't help." And I know Major League Baseball said that it was driven by the front office and the coaching staff, uh, but they actually, you know, but no, that's not really what Major League Baseball right. said. That's just us right. saying what Major League Baseball said when, when you read the report, the report says that it was player driven and all right. of the key players, Bregman and Altuve, et cetera, are still here. And any of the guys who've left the team have apologized or in the case of Mike Fires, been the whistleblower saying, Hey, here's what the players were doing. It, there's a lot to unpack here with the lying and the non-apology. There is, there is, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you you mentioned, you know, their their emergency PR team, and that is that is the thing that I guess I took from this more than anything else was just like, you know, there's there's a, there's a time for everybody when you face a scandal, whether it's on the field, off the field, whatever it may be, to just go hat in hand and say. I screwed up. Maybe maybe produce some fake tears, and they don't have to be real. They don't have to be, um, you know. Just just you know, hey, we screwed up. Our bad, and and just own it. And I thought that's what this morning was going to be. I figured it was when that when I heard they were having this press conference. You know, you, you know, you get the guys up there, and they you know they get a little you know red in their eyes, and oh, this has just been torture for us, and blah blah blah. And it doesn't seem like that's what it was. And and so I'm thinking, like, were they advised to go this route or were they just obstinate and not taking the advice they got? I mean, I heard a couple of days ago they're having, you know, strategy sessions about how to handle this. Well, if this was the strategy they came up with, I don't get it. Let's put it that way. You I know, hate to I mean, see PR, what was rejected. So. If this was exactly, the, if this was a good I mean, idea. you know, PR is a game. And, and, you know, you and I have both, um, you know, we went to school for, for journalism we both have followed the sports media for many years. Um, you know, I've got a little little background in it from my former job, and and so I'm really looking at it not from the standpoint of are they genuinely sorry? I don't think they are. I, I you know I don't. I wouldn't believe it. Um, well, and no one. But, the, the other thing is, no one is taking away the banner. Or the trophy. No, so just no. say you're sorry. Nor should they. <laughs> I mean, I keep hearing that, you know, like, oh, oh my God, this is so bad. It, it, you know, we, we do this in college sports and it has no effect. So why do we think that all of a sudden doing it in Major League Baseball is going to dissuade teams from me? Okay, so you say, I mean, I've heard people say, well, if you don't take the title, then you're not doing anything to, to you know, dis, disincentivize this again. Taking the title doesn't do that either. They won the title. 
Many of them got, you know, massive contracts as a result of, of what they have done in the postseason and in the in the regular seasons with this. And that stuff's not going away. You, you, you can't, you know, you can't take away what, uh, you know, what Jose Altuve makes, what Alex Bregman makes, what George Springer makes. Yeah, uh, you can't take away their out. rings. Right. You know, and, and so, you know, this, this look, I mean, they broke the rules. They did. Uh and we can punish them going forward in certain ways. They've tried, they, you know, uh, you know. Obviously, apparently, they've agreed not to punish the players for anything. I guess um, because it seems like they just wanted this to blow over as quickly as possible. But you know, going back and trying to erase history, it doesn't do any good. I just, I don't understand this this drive to, oh, we've got to take their title away. What is that going to do? It's going to make you. I mean, I guess it's going to make people feel better, but. Uh, you know how um, they won the 2017 World Series. They won the 2019 American League, and and taking away those things in the history books doesn't change the fact they happened. Yeah, and I think, and I think it's a fair. Oh, dogs are mad. Dogs are yeah. mad at this discussion. Here's the thing, and I want to be clear for anyone who listens to us. And you've probably stopped because we've been going for a couple minutes now. Most yeah, of our listeners yeah. stop if at this point. My mom, I, but yeah, she might still be with us. But let's be really clear about something important. We're we're an ad-free, commercial-free podcast. Yes, we are. And it is amateur hour all the time. At times it is. <laughs> you know what can you do? We do the best we can. We have fun with it, and uh, you know that's the way it goes. But. Uh, you know, I, hey, maybe maybe your dogs are fired up. I'm not sure if they're fired up because they think this is an overreaction or not enough reaction. There's all kinds of things to take. I mean, the, the thing, and I don't know how you feel about it. You're more of a baseball guy than me. But I've heard the way this has been covered the last few weeks, and I'm thinking, like, you know, they broke the rules, and, and they deserve to be punished for it. But, I, you know, sometimes this is being covered like they're, they're all accused of, you know, being serial killers. They stole, they stole signs. They found technological ways to steal signs in a game that, by the way, has, has had sign stealing as far back as it existed. Um, should, you know, did they, what they do against the rules, sure. But, ah, boy, I don't see this as being, like, you know, the greatest tragedy in the history of baseball. I, I don't know what you think. I don't think it's the greatest tragedy in the history of baseball, but it's bad. And I think that the way Rob Manfred handled this – in the immediate, the full investigation was necessary and important. Yeah. If you decide it's a player-driven scheme, and then the people you punish are the coach and the general manager, <laughs> right? That that's not doing it for me. We, yeah. You know, no, we I, suspend I, I we suspend that. guys for steroids because it enhances their performance. I think everyone agrees. Yeah. Maybe not, but I would imagine everyone agrees. Your performance is enhanced more by knowing what pitch is coming than <laughs> taking steroids. Sure. So sure. yeah. let's go with a, you know, 20-game suspension, 80-game suspension, season suspension now, for guys you, who you – know, you, you say that, but here's where I think they hesitated on this, and I'm sure you, you know, you've read this too. The steroid stuff is, is bargained. They, mm-hmm. they can say, okay, you failed this test, you get X suspension. And if they suspend guys for this, it's just going to get tied up in, in, you know, appeals and red tape and, and potential. I mean, you could have, 
You could have Tom Brady-esque lawsuits that come out of this, yeah. and I just don't think they yeah. wanted any part and of the, that. And the NFL faced it with Brady. They faced it with Pat Williams and the Star Caps right. litigation. Right. You know, yeah. It, yeah. And when it escapes the system, it escapes the system. But you, the one thing that you've collectively bargained is the grievance process is internal, and you go to yeah. an arbitrator. And look, the Ryan Braun steroid thing shows the players can win. You can win can. the arbitration. Yeah. But right, I think right. you'll ha- be hard pressed to win this one, and I I agree it's hard. It, it and I think if I'm Rob Manfred, I do it and I say fine, challenge it. Like it it doesn't matter. the The point is he can still do all of this and suspend them because now what's yeah. going to happen? And I as a you know I've consulted the Brian McCann unwritten rule book uh, <laughs> with the forward by Tony Larusa. Right, and I've right, decided course, yeah. that what's going to happen is these guys are all going to get drilled. Uh, there probably is going to be some of that on-the-field justice type of thing. You know, um, the first time they play the Yankees, if Chapman faces uh, Altuve, make sure you've got extra padding because he's going to yeah. throw 100 miles an hour at you. Sure, sure. Now, two things, you know, two two things based on what you're saying. I mean, I agree with you. You could do that. And, yeah, they probably baseball would win in the end to, you know— it, but I just I don't think they wanted to. I think they want this to go away, and it's not going away. But I think that was the hope. They dump, remember they dumped this news out on the day of the college football national championship game, and you can't tell me that was just coincidence. Oh no, you're you absolutely out, right. The- you know, at, at three o'clock Pacific, and and the championship game starts at six, and it's like, oh, it gets a little news, and then oh boy, LSU is playing Clemson, and you know, hopefully we'll just move on. And it didn't quite work that way. Um, so I think they wanted that, and then you know what you're saying there as far as as far as on field justice. I, I think you're probably right, um, but I do think it's going to be interesting. You know, we've compared this already a couple times to the steroid uh, era in baseball. You know, are we convinced the Astros are alone in what they did here? I'm not. I'm not. I mean, maybe they had a system unique to them, but I'm. It's hard for me to believe that they are the only of 30 teams that figure that thought, you know, what we could do is maybe try to get the other team's signals and maybe try to use replay monitors and stuff that's out there to do that. I'm just not convinced well, of that. I'm not sure and they so are, I, but, but the problem is you get caught. And, and I agree with this sentiment. There is no disincentive for the players to do this again because they not. won their title. They got their money. Right, and right. they weren't suspended. So there's, right. you know, they still there have their isn't. rings. They have all of the the same things, the MVP awards that they've won. Agreed, agreed. I mean, it's it's sort of the you know, it's it's the Alex Rodriguez. I mean, he you know, he got in trouble for steroids, and then what? Eight, ten years later, he got in trouble again because it was almost like, well, hey, you know, it didn't really hurt me that bad the first time, so I'll go down that road again. Yeah. Um, and then it then it became a harsher punishment, and and yet. You know, I mean, you and I texted during the Super Bowl about A-Rod. I mean, didn't A-Rod win in the end? Kind of seems like he did. He probably, he may or may not go to the Hall of Fame. But does he care? I don't know if he really cares. You know, he might, he might not. I'm not sure. Um, but he's a megastar. He made tons of money. And that money isn't going away. Yes. Um, and his post-baseball career has made him more popular than his baseball career did. Which, who would have guessed that? Yeah, I, I think that it is fair to question whether it's worth it but right yeah. now there's not a question for these there's players not. and that's there's not that's yeah. the issue you you know look i'm a lawyer it is expensive to hire a lawyer 
<laughs> if you want, if the MLB and the MLB has their own in-house counsel, they right. can pursue this on their own in-house, or they can outsource it pro- probably to Proskauer Rose or Foley and Lardner to right. do the litigation, right. and fine, and make the players go pay to do that too. You know, yeah, and, yeah, and, and, and I think they could, but I, I just I, they, think I, I agree they don't to, want to. I'm they just you. wanted it to go away, and maybe things will change if other things come out. This Red Sox thing is still going. Who knows what's going to come of that? Um, but I just, you know, I guess it, it it's it rings disingenuous for me to hear you know people from the Yankees complaining about cheating when you know the last World Series they won. They had multiple guys who have been associated or you know directly connected to steroid use. A Rod, Robinson Cano, you know. So like let's let's be careful if we live in glass houses throwing stones. Well, you and know, this is yeah, why the Astros the, may have done something, but eh, I don't think they were alone. This is why the punishment I think needs to be to the players and not the organization. Because yeah. the guys who just showed up to fill out the roster spots, that's not their fault. They, they you know, you can't True. ban them from the postseason. That's not no, a real punishment. Exactly. In this exactly. situation. But I think you suspend the guys who are responsible, and the team has to, you know, t- you know, the team gets punished from that sort of second hand, yeah, because yeah. having a lineup without Altuve and Bregman in two of the top three spots is probably a problem for them. Oh sure, it would without a doubt. I mean, those are those are two MVPs. Didn't Bregman win MVP yeah. last year, and Altuve won a couple years back. So, I mean, yeah, they're they're great players and. Uh, I mean, I agree with you. I think that probably should have happened as a result of this, and maybe that would have tamped down the the flames of, of you know discontent. Um, I, I don't know. I, I mean, and then and I don't know what you think of this, but you know, it, it's interesting. Again, from a PR standpoint, that's how I look at things. Sometimes, I guess I'm cursed from my former job that I'll probably always look at things that way. That you know, as they try to do, uh, you know, we got rule changes coming out, and we oh, we're going to make some changes to the postseason, and we're going to add teams, and we're going to, and it just doesn't. Uh, it feels to me like it's one of those, you know, hold up the shiny new ball and say, look over here. Meanwhile, don't look over there. That story's over, right? You know, look over here. Look at look at our new toy we've got. Yeah. If you, wait, you if you're going to do this. And this is how you want to treat it. Fine. I, I accept that this is what you choose to do. Yeah. I mean, I think but, that's what they're doing. But I, 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 I don't have to like it. I love baseball. I think this was handled poorly. I think baseball yeah. handles a lot of things poorly. doesn't mean I don't love baseball. <laughs> sure, uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I will say this. If this is the path you're going to go down, then when, because it's a when, not an if, when someone throws at Bregman and Correa and Altuve, you better not suspend that guy. And, yeah. you know, I think Dusty Baker as the manager, you know, either be prepared for a lot of benches clearing brawls or be prepared that the first time you face the Yankees, the first time you face probably not Boston because they've got the same thing. But if you <laughs> yeah, interleague yeah. with the Dodgers, what have you, or, or you face a guy who used to be on the Dodgers. You know, if, right. if you play against you, Darvish, or something, sure, sure. expect to get yeah. thrown at, and what you do is trot to first base. And if that is yeah, how it ends, I agree. okay. But if yeah. you clear yep. the benches or the pitcher gets suspended, you know, that's a travesty because you didn't suspend the guys who did the cheat. Right, <laughs> which is going to be interesting. I mean, you know, uh, what will happen, and, and, I, and I think you're right, it is, it is going to happen. Uh, it's just a question of, you know, how it 
how it happens, how often, how it gets uh, adjudicated by Major League Baseball. Um, I, I don't know. You know, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, you know, but but then you also, if you don't fine or suspend, do you risk setting a bad tone? I mean, I know that was discussed this week in regard to the NBA with the you know the criticism of the missed goaltending call, and and Lillard and McCollum were not fined. And my first reaction was, well, they shouldn't be, you know, because you said you said the call was wrong. And so them them calling out the call being wrong, you shouldn't find him. But then, of course, then you think, well, okay, where do you draw the line there between criticism and and what's acceptable, what's not? And it's the same thing with that. You know, so if they throw at him once, is that okay? If they throw at him in a second straight game, is that not okay? I I mean, I I think that what you you do is you alert the this is one of those moments where you have to trust. Yeah. The the mutual beneficial outcome. Yeah. You alert the teams and you alert the players association. You say, look, the first time they get thrown at, we're not going to do anything. You do it again. It is a regular fine, regular suspension. If the bench is clear, we're throwing everybody out regardless of team. And you get one. And, and yeah. we'll all agree that it's an accident. Or we'll all agree that the, that it could be perceived as the ball slipping, and that's fine. <laughs> yeah, look, yeah, it's not. Yeah. We know that's not what it is, but if we all agree that's what it is, right, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. You're right. I mean, I, you know, there'll, there'll be layers to this, and I, I think you're probably right. I mean, the more we're talking about this, while I'm while I'm convinced that they didn't pursue player punishment because they wanted it to go away. I think it's almost going to have the opposite effect. It's not going to go away. It hasn't gone away um, because of the fact that, you know, I mean, when when the initial news came out on the day of the title game, I remember texting you and we both reacted with, wow, a pretty stern punishment to suspend, uh, you know, the GM and the manager for a full year. And then a couple hours later it comes out, oh, they got fired. But then I think as people peel back the onion and, and read like, you know, well, yeah, these guys got punished, but were they even the architects of it? Now, all of a sudden, it doesn't seem like that stern of a punishment. It seems almost a, a misguided punishment. Well, I, yeah, I, I think that's really the key for me is it's like, oh, the players led this scheme and did something bad. We, you know, I think Jeff Lunau is handling this about as poorly as you can yeah. with his yeah. take on it. But it's a player-driven scheme. You know, you're, this is an NCAA lack of institutional control penalty, but yeah, yeah. it's not the NCAA. We know who right. did it, and the people are still there, you know? Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, uh, I did I did find, uh, you know, on a, on a related but not as heavy note, I did find it amusing that Jim Crane kind of had a Rick James moment where, you know, the Chappelle show, you know, oh, yeah. I don't believe this impacted the game at all. And then 45 seconds later says, well, I didn't say that. Like, yeah, you did. You did say that. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I was like, man, I, you know, he, he did not, I mean, he's the only one who I think took questions, at least at the press conference. I yeah. know some of the players talked in the locker room, clubhouse availability. Um, but boy, he maybe shouldn't have. <laughs> it was one of those where, Maybe he should have just gone with a statement and then said, okay, see you later. He would have taken heat for that, but maybe not as much heat as, as the result of answering the questions. Yeah. Um, we're going to just awkwardly strong pivot to a different yes. sport and a different topic. <laughs> I think that it is clear 
that everyone wants NFL QB musical chairs. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, and I'm one. Like, the, I mean, I'm 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 excited for the possibilities while trying to remain sort of like, well, this could all be a big letdown when it comes down to it in March. I mean, ESPN had a Bill Barnwell thing where you could rotate the, you know, the what happens if Brady winds up on these three teams? What happens if that. Bill yeah. Rivers winds yeah. up on these three teams? Yeah, and yeah. We, in the old LeBron lottery, uh, you know, thing they had twenty years ago or close to twenty years ago, where you could play the odds and see who might end up with LeBron. Yeah. Now I think we all agree, and rightly so, that Phil Rivers won't be with the Chargers. He's moved, and the team has announced that he's not. The team's go. announced it, so that so, seems like you know we're. we're I, I heard somebody this morning saying, you know, well, what if everybody goes back? Well, we have one move. It appears at least. Um, you know, Rivers is not going back to the Chargers yeah. for yeah. now. Now, I suppose that could change. I mean, there, it's not a binding contract that they've said, you know, but it, I'd say probably 99% chance that, that ain't happening. Um, and and so, you know, and we're going to have the draft, obviously. We're going to have some new guys there. But, you know, the, the free agency trade, I mean, it could be wildly entertaining or it could be massively disappointing. I think that it is more likely for Phil Rivers to retire then go back. I think so too. Yeah. But I also think that if he doesn't wind up on the Buccaneers, he'll retire. You think so? You think that's the only spot? Well, I think the Dolphins are going to take Tua. I think the Dolphins will take a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And you think the Jags stick with Minshew and Foles as their guys? Yeah. It kind of feels that way. Yeah. They're going to let those two play it out. I mean, they owe Foles so much money. That's the thing. Unless they can find some team... Right. Will take right. Nick Foles. Well, and even then, I mean, the way the NFL cap works, which, uh, you know, this is a side tangent, but the cap confuses me. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, Eli Manning's contract was up, over. He retired, and yet he counts as dead money against the Giants' cap this year. I am so miffed by that, I don't even know how to explain it. You know, so, so I mean, even though they could probably find somebody to take Foles, it'll probably cost them more money to trade him than keep him. Yeah. So because of the dead cap hits or whatever. So I feel like that. Now the rumor with rivers though, and it's not close to Florida is the Colts. That seems to keep coming up over and over again of him going to the Colts. Yeah. Again, not close to Florida, but you know, he's got plenty of money. He could afford a, you know, temporary living arrangement in Indianapolis for, you know, six months and keep the family in Florida and go back and visit them on, you know, occasions. And then, I mean, he basically said he's going to play two years more max. That's what he told Sam Farmer. Um, maybe one. So, you know, could see that happening. Got some connections there. I mean, his old, his, you know, Nick Sirianni's the offensive coordinator, used to coach the Chargers. Reich, I think, was with the Chargers back, you know, several years ago. Good offensive line, you know, for a guy who, who is very immobile. Uh, good offensive line would certainly come in handy. Yeah. Um, play indoors, all of that. You know, there's there's some built-in advantages to going to the Colts. I agree, but Brissett's not a free agent, right? He's not, but they only signed him to that one-year extension. So, I mean, you they could easily, first of all, keep Brissett as a backup, or he could be on the musical chair. I mean, it's, this that's the interesting thing with this is there's, you know, there's maybe eight or ten guys who are free agents – but then if, another, you know, and there's another probably eight or ten that like, well, could they be available? If, if this team gets somebody else, then this guy could be available. And, then, you know, and that's what's going to be fun about March and also potentially a letdown 
if we only get like two or three guys with new team, be like, well, that's it. You know, felt like we were going to have all this unrest. What I'm going to hope for in all of this is Tom Brady to the Raiders. Carr to the I would just to love the to Bears. see Brady to another team. Okay, I like that. Trubisky to back up, I don't know, whoever the Dolphins quarterback is while we wait for yeah. Tua to heal. Yeah. Ryan Tannehill becomes the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. And goes? I think he stays. Stays in Tennessee. Okay. And and that interesting and, and, interesting and Breeze just comes back because I think he means too much back? to New yeah. Orleans. I, I that well, one I to me Breeze is still either playing for New Orleans or retiring. Yeah, he pretty much said that. If you take him at his word, he said that you know if he comes back, he's playing for New Orleans. Um, there does seem to be, you know, from reading people, a belief that he is legitimately considering retiring and not just pulling the you know. Well, let me think about it. Okay, I'm coming back. Um, you know, so uh, if he retires, then obviously what happens with the Saints and, you know, the Taysom Hill story has picked up steam this week of, you know, is he well, a, I forgot he about Taysom Hill. Yeah. Steve yeah. Young, I mean, you know, 2.0. Exactly. That's right. I mean, uh, you know, Sean Payton loves him. I would rather have Teddy Bridgewater. Um, and I think, you know, uh, it, it's got to be noted here that when, Te- when Drew Brees was injured last year and out for five games, they started Teddy Bridgewater, and and it, you know it's not like Taysom Hill was new to the team or anything. He'd been there for for two seasons prior. Um, so if they were really that high on Taysom Hill, why didn't they start him when they had the opportunity to? Taysom Hill is a fascinating throwback type of player. Yeah, yeah. but he is gimmicks not the right word, but he is a special, unique type of use. Yeah. If you put yeah. him at quarterback all the time, I don't know. You don't get as much yeah. out of it. Right. He's better when right. he's lining up in tight end or he's at fullback and he motions right. to quarterback and you don't yeah. all of a sudden something yeah. different. Is he a regular quarterback? I mean, he was in college. Um, and then, of course, the flip, you know, the, the note to add to that is that when he was a regular quarterback in college, he was hurt all the time. That's why he was in college as long as he was. I think he spent six years in college because of medical red shirts and. And he had a he had the Mormon mission too. That's why he's thirty years old and in his fourth year in the NFL. Um, which is the you know the thing. Oh well, Taysom Hill's the guy of the future. And Bridgewater's two years younger. It doesn't feel like he's a guy of the future because he's been around so long. But he's younger, and he's also got more experience. Like why why would you not want Teddy Bridgewater? I'm not saying he's you know Drew Brees or Johnny Unitas or somebody like that. But he's been a winning quarterback in the NFL for you last year for the Vikings before he got injured. Well, and the injury appears to be behind him. I think we're now comfortably saying it was a freak injury, and it was it was was bad. Yeah, it was really bad. Yeah, Yeah. but it's behind him. Yeah. And speaking of freak injuries and guys, Alex Smith, you know, exactly, who could also be coming back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, again, I mean, there's you know, you go down. We haven't we haven't mentioned Cam Newton, who might be available, injured, but you know, if he's healthy, could certainly be an option. Uh, we haven't talked Dak Prescott, who everybody assumes is going back to Dallas, but that's not done yet. Jameis Winston uh, with his LASIK Jameis, surgery. Right, right. Mariota, you know, does he get a second opportunity somewhere? I mean, there's a lot of interesting names out there. I think Mariota is a guy who, you know, you could compare him to the guy who ended up replacing him this year, Ryan Tannehill. 
Well, if you go somewhere as a backup and then, you know, maybe get that chance to ascend and fit in better. If you're the Baltimore Ravens, don't you want Ryan Tannehill or want Marcus Mariota as your backup to Lamar Jackson? You certainly look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Or, Uh, you know, or if you're another team who thinks that's your way. Right. I, I, you know, the Bills, for example. Sure. You don't have to, you know, I'm thinking if you don't want to have to change your offense for your backup quarterback. Yeah. These are two yeah. teams that you wouldn't. <laughs> well, there's, I mean, I know there's been mention, you mentioned, uh, you know, Derek Carr going there, but there's been discussion of him going to the Bears and kind of being in that that role that Tannehill was for him as the guy who pushes Trubisky, and if Trubisky doesn't show enough improvement, you could put him in there. Similar styles. You know, Trubisky's a bigger guy, but he's kind of a, he's a running type quarterback, um, uh, you know, and, and Nagy's been good with quarterbacks like that. Uh, you know that's an interesting fit. They had they had Mark Helfrich, although they don't anymore. Uh, that was the you know the one piece that connected them, obviously. But he's gone. Uh, so I mean, I, I think he finds a spot, not with a huge contract by any means, but you know, no, but a one year prove it deal. Yeah, it's it's hard for me to believe that Mariota is a lost cause. And he might be, he, he might be, but you know, it's just like I always. He's one of those guys I feel like if he'd had better, more consistent coaching from the outset, he could have been pretty good at least, maybe really good. But the constant upheaval and getting, you know, some some coaches that probably weren't that great for him, some old school coaches that tried to just, you know, make him into something he wasn't. Like, I mean, God, if you could have done with him what Baltimore did with Lamar Jackson, I'm not saying he would have been the MVP, who knows, but... Yeah, it's hard for me to believe he couldn't have been really effective in that. But maybe it's too late. Maybe the, the confidence is shot. Well, and also, he's older. If you would have done this right away, he when he, True. you know, True. he's taken a lot of beating because and that, been injured. that yeah. Titans offensive line didn't get good until this year. Until this year when he was out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. You know, it'll be interesting. Both of those guys, I mean, I think Mariota is definitely done in Tennessee. I don't know about Jameis in Tampa. Could see him back. Could see him going somewhere else. That seems to be a, a, a toss up right now. Uh, Bruce Arians can win with any quarterback. He doesn't right. care. He says, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." You know, but uh, I, I've heard a lot of things from Bruce Arians. Uh, you know, that was that was uh, bull. You fill in the rest of that. Um, I mean, I, I'm I'm reading today that Anthony Lynn says the Chargers could. You know, they're they're happy with Tyrod Taylor. And I'm thinking, I remember in 2013 when the Cardinals traded for Drew Stanton, Drew Stanton's going to be our starter. And then two weeks later, they traded for Carson Palmer. And he said, we got our starting quarterback. Well, what happened to Drew Stanton? So don't believe anything you hear in February. Yeah. Or March or April or May or, you know, like, you know, we'll see. But it'll be fun. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, uh, it's about, what, three, four, four or five weeks from now, I guess, is when the, the lid comes off and the legal tampering 48 hours and then then it goes and uh, it does feel like Brady is the domino like if Brady goes somewhere else it feels like that could be you know because then the Patriots need somebody and then that team and you know like if he does leave New England (laughs) that's the thing that could get crazy sorry I just saw Carlos Correa's quote when we first started doing it it felt like an advantage I didn't see that quote before that's amazing of course it felt like an advantage it was an advantage (laughs) It, you know. it was. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. That's why I felt that way. <laughs> it didn't just feel like it. It, it, it just was an advantage. It just was. Yeah, yeah. Um, for, a, for a final thought on the Astros thing, 
Uh, I'm going to leave it with this Ty Kelly tweet. When I was young and about to lose in Ken Griffey Jr. baseball on N64, I would quickly turn off the system so I could replay the game. It is my opinion that this did not really affect the outcome of the game. I was already very good at the game. (laughs) (laughs) That's uh, it's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, I mean, uh, I can't. They set themselves up for parity, and that is exactly what they're getting. Uh, Before we go, very briefly, ASU basketball traveling with the Bay Area trip this weekend. Big Big game against Stanford. Uh, They are falling on hard times. ASU winners of a lot lately. But the the Devils will be without Tay Cherry. So after we spent all that time talking about how good he was and how motivating (laughs) he is on defense and how he does the little things, he's hurt and going to miss a couple weeks. (laughs) <laughs> going to be an opportunity for Khalid Thomas, who's played fairly well. You know, when he's gotten chances, he's played pretty well. Uh, you, you know, figure he'll get some extra minutes now, obviously. So, yeah, big game tonight. Big, big one tonight. Uh, you know, and, and obviously, you know, it's it has the feel of a football season right now where it's like, you know, you win this one, the next one just gets even bigger. Um, and, and, you know, that's, that's where we're at. We don't have much margin for error. I feel like we need five and three minimum. Maybe six and two, rest of the way to feel like we got a, a shot uh, on on the Sunday of the selection show, depending on conference tournament, obviously too. Um, but yeah, yeah, you know, it, we're we're in it. We're in the conversation right now. Outside looking in, but we're in the conversation and keep winning, and maybe we can find our way inside. Yep, indeed. Uh, so. With that, we will be back. We'll talk about what happened with the Bay Area road trip. We'll talk about what actually happens uh, with a lot more college basketball as we drift closer and closer to our 250th episode. And That's right. We may fudge the numbers to make that our uh, <laughs> our bracketology, <laughs> well, but maybe we'll do a very special 251st or 252 or whatever uh, for the for the bracket picks. Uh, but yeah, that's that's what four weeks now. Yeah. Four weeks from Sunday, so yeah, it's it's right around the corner, and and uh, you know, as I said last time, it's cram session time. We gotta we gotta make ourselves college basketball experts over the next four weeks so that we can do those picks and sound like we know what we're talking about. Well, I'm starting that right now. I'm watching Memphis Cincinnati, and my first <laughs> analysis is Memphis wears very short basketball shorts. They do, they do. We we might not be talking Memphis when it comes tournament time. They're struggling. Yeah. Uh, after a good start, when Wiseman went out, and uh, it's it's hit the skids lately. Uh, so yeah, you know, first thing I need to do is learn the name of two or like two or three guys on Baylor because they're number one <laughs> in the country, and I could not tell you a single player on their team right now, which I'm a little embarrassed by. But I bet I'm not alone. No, I I couldn't do it. I, I mean, I, I I don't know one. I know the coach. Uh, I don't know any players. San Diego State's undefeated. And I don't know any players. I, well, maybe one. Malachi Flynn, I believe, the, the Washington State transfer. Yeah. I think I think that's his name. It's Malachi something. I think it's Flynn. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, got the number they, one team and the think, last unbeaten. I, and I don't they, know much about either. They clinched the Mountain West? Did they already? Yeah. I mean, I, I figured they had to be running away with it. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're... They're a good team. I watched them play Iowa early in the year, you know, one of those holiday tournaments, and they obviously beat Iowa because no one's beat them this year. Um, and they were impressive in that, but, you know, and they just kind of like Gonzaga, you kind of lose track of them because they're playing games that aren't on the radar. Um, and the topic for next time, I know we're running out of time here, but might want to discuss this Mel Tucker to Michigan State and what this means for Pac-12, well, let's, let, look, et cetera. Look, we've got 
four minutes before I have to go. So let, let's do let's do three and a half minutes on that. Okay. Um, Mel Tucker was not going to leave. He was touched by the offer. Michigan State came back and, and added more money. Right. I saw John Canzano, who is uh, a writer for the Oregonian, who did the big expose on the Pac-12, yeah. was tweeting about, you know, people might be short-sighted when they say that, you know, that Tucker was being selfish because what if he was looking out for his assistant coaches because Michigan State gave him a lot more money for his assistants oh, sure. too. They did. They did. Um, and the Big Ten's got more money and the Big Ten schools have more money and they have their own network and their network is viewable. I just switched to YouTube TV. I can watch it on YouTube TV. I could have yep. watched it when I had Uverse. I could have watched yep. it when I had Spectrum. It was on it. everything. <laughs> yep, yep. I mean, I get it. I get the alternate channels during football season when there's two games on at once. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's it's exactly that. I mean, we talked about it a few days ago, the, the, the difference in the finances with regard to, you know, Syracuse coming in and, and taking Tony White, giving him a huge raise. And we see it again here. You know, a, a guy... Now, you can make the jokes you want, and they're deserved, about a guy getting five-plus million dollars when he's got five career wins as a head coach. Um but the bottom line is they got the money to spend and, and it, you know, it is one of those things you look at and you think, oh, what, what can the PAC 12 do to close that gap? And I'm not sure there's a good answer to that. I'm not sure there's an answer to that. Yeah. The answer is you should have signed your deal with ESPN yeah. three years ago. Yeah. 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 I mean, now they talked about it on PTI today and Kornheiser, you know, talks, the first thing he goes to is, you know, the games in the, in the Pacific time zone and how that, you know, and Wilbon, to his credit, thought of what I thought of, which is that's always been the case. You know, USC played games at, at you know, 10 o'clock Eastern with Reggie Bush and Matt Liner, but it didn't matter. So the whole time zone thing, yeah, it's a factor, but that's not the whole reason. That, to me, that's not even the lead reason. That's always been the case. Nothing's changed. We didn't just put in time zones in the last 10 years. Yeah, it's money. Money but, is the answer. Yeah, money yeah, is the thing yeah. that was the problem. It's money, and it's and it's quite honestly, I mean, and maybe these things go hand in hand with money. It's the, the demise of USC in football, and the demise of UCLA in basketball. The center of those two, you know, those sports in the conference was always in LA, and neither one, both have fallen on some significant hard times in the last ten years. Yeah, I I don't know, man. It's bad. It's not great. So, you know, it's it's something we can we can discuss in greater depth as the uh, you know months pass and years pass. I'm sure it won't be the last time we talk about it, but it's it's not a great sign. Yeah. Well, we'll be back. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about all the other stuff I listed. I kind of botched the false ending before, so this is the real one. This is the end. Yes. If you made it here, yes. you got to the real end. Until next That's time, right. he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.